0: Hello, and welcome to AgTech So What, brought to you by the Agdentic Group. I'm your host, Sarah Nalette. You often hear that farming's different, that the rules of business that apply in other industries simply don't translate into running a farm. Well, meet Jana Hawken. She is here to challenge that.
1: If a person joins your farm business, within one week they should be able to understand what's going on and the key priorities, how the farm operates, and it, and there's no need for it to take six months, that's only because you don't have any systems or visuals in place. So the people usually scream for this and our team definitely wanted it, they wanted to understand what's going on. They didn't want to show up on a day and realise, oh we've got herd testing today and no one communicated to them. It just makes everyone frustrated and stressed.
0: Yana's background is in engineering. She spent her early career working for Toyota, which is famous for lean manufacturing. Lean is a methodology, or an approach, to business across industries that's based on continuous improvement, so making your products and processes better while also eliminating any redundant work. Yana is from New Zealand and worked in Australia and Europe to implement lean within Toyota and with its suppliers.
1: So different supply companies, some really big companies like Bosch, who supplied components to Toyota, helped them start to apply some of these lean principles so that they could supply high quality products to Toyota when they were needed. And so after a few years with Toyota, I thought, well, I've I've had a lot of experience in Toyota. What can I do next? And the natural step was really to go into consulting. So I moved into improvement roles. I worked with another company as their global continuous improvement or lean um, specialist. And I helped them start to implement a lean transformation. And then the last 10 years, I've been doing lean consulting. And so I moved into consulting over 10 years ago. And since then, I've worked in almost every industry. So I've worked with rail, with healthcare, a lot of work in hospitals, banking, IT, mining, construction, pretty much every industry you can think of I've worked in. And what it really proved was that these principles that come from the automotive industry, because everyone says, well, we're not automotive, why does it apply to us? But it just proved that no matter what business you're in, if you're producing some sort of a product or service, there's opportunity for improvement and there's opportunity to make the way that you do things much better. And that's essentially
0: what lean helps you to do. Yana has seen firsthand that lean can be used in farming too. She and her husband, Matt, who happened to be on our podcast last time, run a thousand cow dairy on New Zealand's North Island. Yana and Matt met when they were both working in Brussels. And as the story goes, he somehow convinced the city girl to come back to the farm.
1: And then in 2012, we went on holidays to South America and we spent about six weeks through Peru and Bolivia. And we were in the Amazon in Peru, but in the Amazon rainforest. And we were in the middle of nowhere. And Matt, we were talking about life and you know where we want to go. And Matt came up with the idea how about we return to the family dairy farm? So I thought, oh, yeah, okay, why not? Why don't we just give it a go? So that was in October, and literally by, I think, the first week of January or the last week of December, Matt had a suitcase packed and was in New Zealand. So that sort of triggered us to relocate. So by January, we had relocated to New Zealand it was an absolute, it was quite a major change for me because I'd always lived in big cities. So I'd lived in Paris, Brussels, Sydney, Melbourne, and coming to a tiny rural town was quite a cultural shock. And not only that, but I'd never had any experience of agriculture. It was completely new to me. I couldn't tell the back end of a cow, really. And so for the first few months, I was, it was quite just a shock, really.
0: But over time, Jana got more and more involved with the farm. And it was then that she started noticing some inefficiencies.
1: So problems that would come up over and over again. I'd see like our team would be racing from one paddock to another, chasing all these cows that had got into a paddock that they weren't supposed to be in and trying to get them back into another paddock. And I would see a guy come by and drive his tractor past. And then 15 minutes later, he'd go back past again. And then five minutes later, he'd be back there. And then 15 minutes back there. And it was like ping pong. And I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? Why is he going back and forth? And I started wondering, well, perhaps all this lean stuff that I'm teaching all these companies all over the world, maybe that actually applies to farming as well. And so I started using our farm as a bit of an experiment. And so just to give you a bit of concept. So the farm is we've got basically three farming entities we've got two dairy platforms each with around 450 500 cows um so about a thousand cows all up and 50 bale rotary sheds and then we have a dry stock block that's um, further away and that's another 160 or 70 hectares and that's got dry stock Uh, we do quite a bit of cropping in-house so we grow most of our feed in-house And we do a bit of beef as well and all bull rearing and things like that. So I started getting a bit involved and I started using our farm as a bit of a pilot really to practice some lean stuff to see if it really worked. After a few months of trying different things, it proved that this was absolutely relevant. So at the end of the day, whether you're a dairy farm or a sheep and beef farm or a horticultural business We're producing a product. So that's what it is. We're in the business of producing food, essentially, and we've got a product. And so what Lean helps you to do is to produce that product as efficiently and effectively as possible. So with the lowest cost, with the highest quality, in the safest way possible. So your processes and your systems that you're using to convert your inputs into that right outputs that you want for your farm business in the most effective way possible. So it's absolutely relevant. A lot of farmers will say, well, yeah, but we're different because we've got weather and we've got environment and we've got cows that are unpredictable, animals, you know, that are unpredictable. But you know what? I work with airspace. And if you look at that, I mean, they're totally dependent on weather, right? It's not like the pilot will say that they're flying over their flight path is a particular path and they'll say, well, there's a storm over that path, so I'm going to decide to fly on the other side of the world and go a different way. No, they, you know, they're impacted by all of those kind of things. Mining is the same. Mining is impacted by huge geological things that are unpredictable, weather events as well. So all of the industries have those kind of unpredictable things, but by having very good systems and processes in place, you're able to mitigate that in a much more controlled fashion
0: now, I'd just like to bring in someone else at this point, Kirsten Dipros. She's part of the team at the Ag Vende Group and produces this podcast with me. Like Jana, Kirsten was happily forging her career in the city working as a TV news journalist when she also met a farmer.
2: Yeah, it was great listening to your story, Yana. So I come from a media background, no farming experience at all. Grew up in Western Sydney, very suburban life, moved to Melbourne, met a farmer in Melbourne. So I always like to say it's not not my fault. (laughs) But um, and yeah, ended up moving out to the farm a couple of years later and we're in southwest Victoria. And I really continued on with my career for a long time and then started having kids. So I've been sort of doing that the last Five, six, seven years, but now taking more of an active role in the business. But trying to find where your skills might fit is is really difficult. So it's it's interesting hearing your story. You had this amazing application that that you've got and these insights. And I'm still trying to find out where I can fit in. Look, I think I'd be pretty good at writing grant applications, and I'm doing more of the accounting stuff, but. I'm intrigued by business models and what works. So it's really interesting hearing what, what you're talking about.
0: When you first came back and you saw the guy driving across the paddock in the tractor a bunch of times, like tell me about the moment when you actually first decided to say something or kind of raise the idea of, of starting to treat the farm like a bit of a pilot.
1: Honestly, farming, if you if you did a bird's eye view, if you were sitting up, at, up above your farm and had a little bird's eye view to what was going on on farm, it would be like a comedy show. That's what I always say. Cause there's so many hilarious things that happen, right? There's always these same problems going on and on and popping up, all these frustrations, just, you know, people forgetting tools, driving back and forth and like poor communication, 10 people going to do the same thing or go, going to do different jobs in the same part of the farm. But there was one example, it was in our second season. I was about six months pregnant with my first daughter and it was in the middle of, it was August in the middle of carving. It was a horrid evening raining cold miserable weather and my husband had gone out to check the cows at about 8 p.m and he he went out and checked the cows and probably about I went to bed because I was exhausted and about 10 30 I woke up and I saw no Mac so I thought oh well he's probably still busy trying to help the ca- some cow calf perhaps and uh, so I went back to sleep and then at 12 midnight I think I woke up again and there's still no Matt so I was calling him and he didn't answer so I thought okay he's really having some troubles but that's all right so I went back to sleep and then about 2 a.m I woke up again and there was still no Matt and I'm calling calling and there's no answer so by this point I was getting quite worried so I put on my Crocs and my dressing gown and it's quite funny I had this dressing gown and it was a pink one and on the back of it i bought it years ago in London I think and it had gorgeous but grumpy And this is exactly, other than the gorgeous, I was very grumpy by this stage because I got out in the car, drove down to the dairy shed to try and find my husband. And he was out in the yards trying to help this cow carp. And I said, What's going on? You know, do you need some help? And he yelled at me, Go grab the carving pulley. And I had no idea what a carving pulley was. So I said, Well, where is that? And he said, Well, somewhere in the other shed. So I'm there, right? I get into the car, drive back over the road to the other dairy shed. And then I'm running around in the rain and wind in my dressing gown and my croc, six months pregnant, trying to find some carving pulley, which I have no idea what it even looks like. But I couldn't find anything anywhere. So I drove back to, to Matt and I said, well, there's nothing there. I couldn't find anything. And um, so in the end, we had to improvise this whole thing with a rope around all the railing to try and help this calf out. And it obviously took way longer than it would have if we had the right stuff in place. And I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. We're in the middle of carving. We know that we take our complicated calves right here. Why don't we have what we need right at the place that we need it? And so after that, we started applying quite a few of the lean tools, 5S, which is Workplace Organization being one of them. And we applied shadow boards. We installed shadow boards at Cups On and Cups Off. At the Cups Off is where all the carving stuff was. And we have had them in place for about four and a half years, and those calving pulleys are still there. <laughs> so it just shows that it works. You know, we don't lose that kind of stuff anymore. So that was probably a real aha uh-huh, frustrated moment that I said, we've just got to do something differently. Was and Matt on also, board too
0: when you when you raised that with him and said like, okay, we've oh, got to totally. kind of change this? Did, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he could see that he was working crazy hours. Probably the biggest burning platform for us, which was quite a shock to us coming from Sydney. So we've just both came, come from corporate careers in Sydney where we were working five days a week. We had our weekends off. We were sailing on weekends, going to the beach, going away. We actually had a life. And everyone kept saying, well, farming's a really great lifestyle. So when we came back, it was a major shock for us that it really wasn't a lifestyle. It was seven days a week. Matt was working seven days a week, 14, 16-hour day days. And that was probably the biggest thing that we saw. This is just not sustainable. And most farmers were operating like that. And I just thought, well, this can't be the way that farming operates. Most certainly, we've got a huge problem in, in farming in terms of mental health, overburden,
2: burnout. It is exactly the same here. I know so many farmers who work around the clock, and it's a lifestyle, and the lifestyle is work. But I I can see the problem about being so time poor that farmers then don't sit back to look at the business and make decisions
0: Absolutely.
2: to work on the business. How did you go about having those conversations? Because I know there are certain times we're on a cropping property and we also have a dairy, but we're sewing okay. right now. And there's no way I can talk to my husband about anything really on the business. And I would love to incorporate more kind of corporate ideas without becoming corporate. Like there's a a really kind of a fear in farming that we're not corporate. That's why
1: it's such a great lifestyle. How do you find the right balance? Well, let's just say we do have a lot of those kind of, it's not, I wouldn't call it corporate, to be honest. It's not corporate ideas. It is business ideas that make business sense and make your business more sustainable, more resilient, and more effective getting better results. Right. So we uh, I mean a lot of the lean you'll see behind me I know that this is a podcast but you'll see there's all these visual boards. So we've got graphs up, this is just the managers' up. action plans. We've got standardized season plans. So when we started applying out the lean management, it basically lean management is a system to operating your business, right? And when we started applying some of these things, the, the one of the key things was team engagement and creating quite a culture, a different culture, a culture of continuous improvement. So one of the biggest factors for team is that it's not just about doing stuff on farm. The most important and the what I call the thousand dollar tasks are the ones of planning, developing strategy, looking at your metrics, identifying metrics and, and looking at them and understanding which we've got all these graphs, our whole team are on board with it. So our the way that we operate our business is from a high level essentially from systems And they're the ones that define our physical on the ground actions, because otherwise it's just a vicious cycle. You're just going from day to day. You can't, planning is the most important thing that you can be doing. And having the right systems in place allows you to have that time to plan properly, but also to visualize that planning to your team so that everybody's on the same page. And one of the biggest battles you see with all farmers is everything is in their head. There's nothing documented. There's nothing on a wall. You cannot operate. If you I call, go back to re, the real world, if you imagine driving down a road and there was no street signs, there was no speed signs, there was no traffic lights, right, which there's some countries like that, imagine the chaos when you'd have to pull over and ask the neighbour in, in the car next to you asking, can I go yet or not, which way do I need to go? You can imagine how much chaos there would be, right? So if we don't have that in, the, in our business, if we can't imagine what our, the real normal world without kind of visuals like that, then how can we operate our businesses like that? It's so fundamental to building an efficient
0: business. How do you get started though? Like I think the idea of going from, like Kirsten was saying, the day-to-day super busy to, oh, I'm going to step back and take three days out and plan and think. It's like, no, I just want to get on with it probably one of our first systems
1: was to create visual systems so get everything out of people's heads and put it on a wall so we set up visual boards in our team room so that the and the team developed this so we basically set aside two hours a lot of this stuff doesn't take to get started it doesn't take a long time so initially if you spend two hours just with the team the team designed it they worked out what do we need to know what should it look like what's the information that's important to us to run to be able to run the business right and so we were able to develop very quickly key information that needs to be visualized um, to help the team to be able to operate effectively the next step is to create little systems so we have a sorry to prioritize meetings now I'm not talking meetings that you're driving and that's what our farm used to be like you'd be driving on your quad someone would be passing you on the tractor you'd pull over and have a little catch up right and then keep going that's not a meeting. That's not an effective meeting, right? And that's how a lot of farms operate. What will happen is the person will drive down the road, not quite understand the instructions, do something that probably shouldn't have been done, and you'll create more problems than actual effective actions. And again, an effective meeting isn't one where everyone comes together and just has a casual chat. There's no structured agenda or anything. Then it will take two hours and you've wasted your time. So, It's about having really effective meetings that are structured, that go over a very clear, I guess, agenda. And so that one hour, so we spend half an hour every Tuesday on each side as our team meeting and prioritising that. Farmers used to say to us, there's no way that you can have a set time every single week. Absolutely, you can. It's about what your priority is. Absolutely, you can. And if you make it part of your priorities and you make it part of the way that you work, it suddenly happens.
2: Would you have an example structure that you could tell us and is it similar to something you'd see in, in another business or is it something you've really come up with that's unique to your farm?
1: No, it's um, so our visual boards, they're designed by the team, so maybe each farm might have some things that are a little bit different, but overall the key things that you want to have on there is safety. We always start with safety, which is an industry standard. So in any other industry, they will start with safety. We talk about key, sort of some key comms stuff. We talk about key problems, any problems that anyone has identified and wants to raise. We have a key metrics section. So that goes through all of our metrics, our targets versus actual for that particular week. We talk about obviously our grazing plan. That's That's a pretty standard farming thing. We talk about our weekly schedule. So what's coming up for the next week or two. And we have an action plan on it. So, and that is specific actions. You allocate a person and a time against that. So those kind of things are very standard, you know, they're standard elements, I guess, of any
0: business. What was the conversation with the team? Like, did you, was this a little bit of like, okay, we're doing this guys get on board. And then over time they bought in, or what was like that first conversation of, okay, we're going to have this meeting, or you're going to have to make this visual board Were people a little bit skeptical?
1: No, so the very first starting point is ask what is frustrating you. The team themselves will have so... and, and this is we're talking about. If you work with other people, there are plenty of farmers that it's just themselves. And if it's even if it's a one one man you know business or a husband and wife business, I strongly recommend doing this kind of stuff because it creates control for yourself. You're putting everything out of your head onto a visual format so that you've got better time management. You've got better control. You've got better planning. All of that kind of stuff. It's it's essentially time management, really. But if you have a team, it's even more important. And the first point is always to try and get the team to understand what their frustrations are and then how's this going to support those frustrations. What you want is an, if, a, if a person joins your farm business, within one week, they should be able to understand what's going on and the key priorities, how the farm operates. And it, and there's no need for it to take six months. That's only because you don't have any systems or visuals in place. So the people usually scream for this and our team, definitely wanted it. They wanted to understand what's going on. They didn't want to show up on a day and realize, oh, we've got herd testing today and no one communicated to them. It just makes everyone frustrated and stressed, right? So if you can really make, you know, show and demonstrate the value that some of these things have and how it makes your life easier, it reduces your time, all of those kind of things, then people buy in very quickly.
2: I'd be interested to know the sort of technology that you are incorporating in getting some of these lean business ideas happening. So you've got these visual boards, which, you know, is fairly old technology, but it works really well. Have you incorporated anything where you get, uh, you know, an alert on your phone or even just recording hours for dairy? For me, I would find it personally much easier if if I had the hours given to me electronically, but I don't want to put in a system that's really cumbersome and annoying for people who are recording their hours and have always written it down in a book. You know, it's weighing that up.
1: Yeah. So absolutely. Technology is vital. The reason the visual boards, we keep as visual boards because unless we can afford, which some huge companies I've worked with have massive digital screens on their walls, it's all touch. And so you can do everything like that. But obviously that's a huge cost, right? So, and and having a tiny computer screen, no one can see into that. So you need to have that, you know, the the visual boards create is a really effective system and it's a low cost system. And so in terms of all of the apps, so when we first came to the farm, this farm was very much a traditional farm. There was nothing in place, nothing. So the very basics of even accounting, we had, there was, the accountant was manually writing down pay and calculating pay slips and taxes. And I was horrified when I came because I thought, oh my goodness, payroll systems have existed for at least a decade. So the first thing we did was set in place payroll systems. We, we use zero. We have a payroll system. We were spending hundreds every month on accountants to do these manual pay slips. It was ridiculous. And we went to a $50 payroll system that you basically input. Every team member has an app. It's just an app. They put their times into the app. It gets processed automatically through the payroll system. We just approve it. We click one button basically and it goes straight through and it gets paid out. Simple, it literally takes half an hour versus it would have taken hours, probably a day worth of accounting. We use WhatsApp very much. So that's our key communication tool on a daily basis. We use a farmiq Pro system. So it's a, I guess, a system that captures all of our pasture data. It's got, we've got a safety app as part of that. So all of our safety again is recorded. So if there's an incident or anything like that, so the team directly record that into a safety incident app. So most certainly we use technology as much as possible. Ideally, I would love to see one system that is able to do all of our production data, all of our animal health data, everything in one place, all our reporting. But unfortunately, we haven't found the one solution. So we're still using several different applications to be able to do that for all of our reporting Our metrics, we use Excel simply because we haven't been able to find, even PharmaQ hasn't been able to give us a report which has a real easy target line versus actual. That's all we want. And it's really hard to find that because for our team, we need simple visuals that are easily understandable, you know, with trends and things like that. But yeah, we're trialing a few other apps. We're trialing another app, which is a QR app. And basically, for all of our standard processes, you have a QR code next to, for example, cups on or buy your tractors for maintenance, and the team can then scan that QR code and it will pop up with the standard process for maintenance or for operating. So we're doing e-learning videos where we can. So we most certainly are trying to embrace as much technology as possible, and it definitely plays a
0: vital role in terms of efficiency. And while technology is vital for efficiency, Yana says that's only if you have the right systems and processes in place to make it work for your business.
1: And where a lot of, I guess, businesses, both farming and, and outside in other industries, they want to apply a lot of technology. And what they do is they don't actually look at their processes. They go and invest in technology and different systems and stick it into their business and then often wonder why it doesn't work. And so what Lean helps you to do is look at your business first, understand your processes, understand how you're operating, understand where the problems are, where the inefficiencies are, where the waste is, right? And once you've understood that, and and, and not only that, it helps you also establish really good measurement systems because Lean is about efficiency and you need to measure it, right? So you're in a much better position to invest much more wisely and strategically in the right type of things. I talk to so many farmers that go ahead and invest in different things, whether it's machinery, whether it's different technology, et cetera. And they haven't really looked at their business first to understand, well, is that what
0: the priority is? I totally agree with what you're saying, that the tools sometimes get blamed for a bad process. And and that's true in every business, right? We'll we'll think about how to improve something and then we'll be like, oh, well, this tool doesn't do it. And it's like, well, we don't even know what we want with the tool because we haven't sat and said, what are our requirements? What are we trying to solve? What does good look like? Who's gonna use it? How's it gonna fit in? Like, how do we know if it's working? And then you can say, oh, the blue tool is better than the red tool because you actually know what problem you're trying to solve and how it will work. But I think people miss that step and then the technology actually gets blamed, which is really frustrating for the technology developers because it's not the tax fault in, in many cases. Yeah, that's right.
2: In terms of growth and the lean business model, I can see it being really important, obviously, in, in growing your business or being in a situation which is sort of where, where we are now that the business has grown in terms of land. We've now diversified into a whole other area of farming and we have more Staff that we need to incorporate. And, you know, I remember when I first started dating my husband and sitting with him in the Ute, and he and his dad would talk over the radio to each other with the most minimal conversation possible and somehow farming would happen. And it was like they had this amazing like symbiosis of, of communication where like they had a lean communication model going on and it worked, right? It worked for them brilliantly. But, of course, how do you expand that out? <laughs> yeah. and, and that's a really a hard thing. And I can see that happening with a lot of family businesses who they they might work really, really well together, but then when you want to grow or incorporate others,
1: It's hard to explain what you do because you do it naturally. Yeah, that's right. So that situation that you're explaining is very common, right? And that is a result of them being involved in that farm probably since day one. They just know the business. It's all in their head. They don't need to communicate. But that kind of approach also makes it extremely difficult for them to take a break from the business, right? It makes it hard to be able to go on a holiday for two months. And, and leave your business and think that it's going to be okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, we certainly do have systems and processes.
1: <laughs> I feel like if my husband was listening, he'd be like, we've got systems and processes. <laughs> we do. There's also, there's also a difference between having systems and processes and actually having systems and processes that are visual, that people know about, that are well-documented, that are crystal clear, right? So there's a world of difference.
0: One of the things that strikes me is the, this kind of idea of continuous improvement. And when we talk about startups and some of the ag tech companies developing products for farmers, they're iterating their technologies. And you know, the first thing they come with probably isn't the version of it that's actually going to work and they need to be iterating over time. But that's yes. one of the things that can be frustrating for farmers too, in some ways, to say like, oh, just come back to me when it's ready. Do you think that running a farm in this lean way and having that kind of culture of continuous improvement actually means you can access more technologies or kind of go on that journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. So our team, a traditional, a typical farm,
1: if someone came to them with a new idea, they would be, uh-uh, we're not trialing that here. It's too risky. You go try that fancy idea somewhere else, right? Our farm, our team, if someone comes with an idea and I usually come up with the most wackiest ideas, our team go, okay, let's try it. Why not? So as long as you've risk mitigated at some level, we have some risk mitigation in place. If you've created an environment where people are okay to just try things, give it a go. If it doesn't work, we can always go back to the other way of that we were already doing it, right? But if it works, it means that we've created an improvement and we've got a better process. And so it's really, that's probably one of the important things to create a culture in your team where they're okay to just try things. I'll give you a really good example where still farmers keep up saying, oh, that's not possible. So our dry off process was a very typical dry off process. Basically what dry off is, is that you've got cows that come in at the end of the season and they get dried off, basically have a bit of break from milking to be ready for calving. And so our process was very traditional where you'd get a batch of cows in, you'd put them on the rotary and then the whole team would just be walking around doing each cow, you know, doing the teat wiping, teat sealing, marking them giving them a teeth spray and so forth and it was lots really messy because the platform would be stationary for up to an hour until everyone got those 50 cows done etc everyone hated the process it was messy it was exhausting people would be there from morning till three o'clock four o'clock and have no lunch so uh, about two or three seasons ago I came up with a wacky idea and I thought, well, this rotary platform, essentially it's a moving platform, right? And it goes around in circles. And so why don't we use it like an automotive assembly line and and use that as part of the process? And so we essentially set up an automotive assembly line on our, for our drive process where we split the rolls. So we set the platform rotating at a specific cycle time, which was around 20 seconds per bale that fit in with the work component of each different part of the job. We split the whole job of dry off into small work components. So each person did only one thing. And and we marked zones on the floor. So each person had a 2 bale zone. And the cows would come in and we would be doing the job while the cows were moving just like on an assembly line. But the, the results were the most outstanding. So we trialled it on the very first go. We our the same amount of cows. We were there from 9am to 11.15am. It took two hours. For the whole herd. Our cost reduced by about 16% because we actually reduced the quantity of teat seal and all of that that we used because we weren't dropping it on the floor and wasting it. We reduced the the actual process in terms of ease for our team was significantly easier. They'd never experienced an easier process than that. We reduced the stress on the cows. So it was a way cleaner process simply because the cows just thought they were going in to be milked they were moving, they weren't stationary for half an hour. So when we're doing these improvements, it's not just about efficiency, it has to tick all the boxes, it has to tick safety, it has to tick animal welfare, it has to tick, you know, cost, quality, all of those things. And we ticked all of those boxes, just by trialing something completely different.
0: So that's- you find that Stuff like that kind of then makes it okay for others to suggest improvements? Like, do you have people on the team now saying, what if we did this differently? What if we changed yeah. that?
1: So one of the big things that we started already right at the start was the cultural change. So we expect, we even do it in our induction and in our recruitment process, we already say, you're part of the business you're part of the company and the expectation is that you're continuously improving our business so it starts from the day dot and that's just an expectation so we have weekly continuous improvement sessions with our team they're one hour every wednesday that's another thing people would think oh how do you have time to do that you make time that's a priority it saves time So we involve the team in everything. They, from budgets to, you know, every they see all of our budgets. Our farm is extremely transparent. They know how much, pretty much how much Matt earns off the farm. They know what our profit is. They know what all the costs are. We're extremely transparent. And the reason for that is because they are part of the business. They're a core part of the business. We would not be successful without them. I'm guessing this really helps with staff retention. That's always such a big
2: problem on dairies in farming in in general is getting good people and keeping good people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It helps with um, retention. But at the same time, we actually are a bit different with that too. Our attitude is if you've got the right systems and processes in place, it doesn't really matter if the person is with you for a year or five years. Because a new person can come into your business, can integrate and develop and train extremely quickly because you're preparing them, you've got the right systems in place to support them, to develop very quickly. And therefore you get 100% value add out of that person for the time that they're there. You're not spending three years just trying to train them, trying to pull the stuff out of your head into their head. So that's our attitude you know, which is quite different, you, yes. And and the thing is, and I keep saying to farmers, today is a very different world. The millennials of today are very different. They've got very different expectations of work practices. They've got different expectations of work environments and what's important. They also aren't necessarily interested in being in one position for years and years. It's quite common in not only farming but lots of other industries that people move every year or two, right? So we need to adapt our business models and our systems and processes to be able to manage that without being negatively affected.
0: You mentioned some of the other benefits like reducing costs and animal welfare. It seems to be there's an overlap with sustainability as well and some of the consumer expectations that are changing around the farm. And do you think having this lean approach means you're more ready to respond to that?
1: Absolutely. So By creating control of your business, having a good strategy in place, all of this is part of Lean, creating good strategy, good good planning, good systems and mechanisms. Not only are farmers able to mitigate through the challenges that we're facing today, which is environmental regulation policies, consumer changing demands, employment demands, all of those things can be extremely challenging for a lot of farmers. But if you'll set your business up, and this is, I guess, going back to your um, question earlier about a little bit of those corporate kind of systems, and I'm not talking about being corporate, but having those kind of systems in place, your business is in a much better position to manage all of those things. And not only does it, is it actually good business sense for you, but then it also ticks all of those boxes for all of those things that, are, that otherwise seem like a real burden to farmers but they don't have to be a burden. They actually can be a real positive.
0: What do you think, Kirsten? Do you like, are you convinced about some of this? Do you think you, you, could you see a pathway, I guess, like, I know you're kind of sold, but could you see a pathway to (laughs) starting to have some of these?
2: Well, hopefully my husband's listening to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, He's a very intelligent man and it all lives up in his brain. I, like I said, you know, going back, you have this great engineering background and you've, you've come to lean through Toyota and that. I guess communications is my background and I think, well, that's what I need to be able to use. I need to be able to understand the business side of things, which is new to me, but I need to be able to understand that so that then I can communicate it in a way that makes sense for people who've been running a business successfully for a long time. And It's a really difficult position to be in, but an exciting one too. Like I feel very blessed, but I, I sometimes think how do I translate this when you don't have that level of of knowledge and understanding of farming or business?
1: So you don't need it. Honestly, I wouldn't, as I said, I didn't know anything about farming and I most certainly won't say that I'm a, a experienced farmer by any stretch of the imagination. But what I do know is I've got the data, I've got the system. So I've suddenly, we've got standard season plans. I know what's coming up. I don't need to be a absolute nitrogen expert to understand the nitrogen in the soil, but I know from my standard season plan that right now we should be applying nitrogen. So my question is, are we doing that? Have we got problems doing it, right? So by creating those systems for you, and especially I would start with visual management, visualizing the stuff, getting it out of the people's heads, that will help you. That will go a long way to helping you understand what's actually going on. And it's a huge communication thing. 99% of the problems that happen on farm is for communication. Honestly, it is.
0: And that's it for another episode of Ag Tech So What? Brought to you by the Ag Thin Day Group. To order a copy of Jana's book, go to theleandairyfarm.com. And if you'd like to watch Yana's YouTube videos about how she's using lean on her farm, go to grassmiradairy.nz. You can also find all the links to those resources on our episode page at agtechsowhat.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. And if you've liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can also follow us and join in the conversation on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. I'm Sarah Nollette. Catch you next time.